Blunt the Podcast, a podcast for your listening pleasures, with Brittany and London Bridges. We are live, yes, for the 305. I don't even know what to call New York's area code at this point. What do you mean? Because it's always changing. You know, Manhattan is two and two, but I don't even think they're two and two anymore. And the Bronx is, we used to be 718, then it turned into 917. And then now people I know from the Bronx are like 929. It's such an ugly fucking number. This sounds like the Sex in the City episode when they were like talking about what area you no, phone number was in. It, it changed from 212 to 917. And my cousin, she texted me i'm like who the fuck is this she's like oh it's me peacock i'm like what bitch what is this 929 ugly ass area code you live in a 917 area even 718 for the you know the vintage people it's all about the 904 though what's 904 (laughs) (laughs) that was a i set myself up for that and that was a failure, I whatever know. what that I was. I know, at the end, that was. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to get too loud in this mic. Mm. But yes, how is everyone doing? Hope everyone had a wonderful couple of weeks. We've been gone, but we are back. Like we ain't never left. And we um, yeah, have a really good episode um, ahead of us. Very special. Yes. So let's recap. Before I get into this week, like what I've been doing, what London been doing, kind of wanted to do a recap on last week's episode. So last week we honored, well, a couple of weeks ago, um, we honored Atlanta Black Pride Weekend and had some of our gay male friends in the building. And we discussed how it is being gay and how gay being gay is a sexual preference and that certain acts are simple sexual fetishes. We got the latest on being down low, what it means to be a top, what it means to be a bottom and verse, the misuse of prep and how being gay is now the new norm. So if you haven't checked that out already, be sure to go check that out or share it with someone who you feel like would love to hear it. That was a fun episode. Yeah. I had no idea about prep. I've and I heard see of the it. commercials all the time. Like I'm just totally just delusional when it comes to that world. However, I have so much curiosity when it comes to it. And it's almost like when talking to them, like Oh, like, it's normal. Like, what are you talking about? How come you don't know this? Because it's their community. And and also, heterosexual community, we could do better with communicating our our test results to one another. That and communicating just our lifestyles, our sexual preferences. I don't really see, I I don't know, and most recently is where I've seen straight males have relationships with gay males. And I haven't seen it. But that's not straight. 
What is that mean? straight? If you're is a straight man having relations with a gay man? Like friendship. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm gonna wait a minute. Yeah. But yeah. I haven't I've actually seen that more coming out here. Okay. I mean, my best friends, they have a family member who's gay, so they're open to it. Mm -hmm. But I've never seen somebody who says, yeah, this is my friend and it's a gay guy. Yeah. So it's very open out here. I'm noticing. It is. So tell me about your week. Weeks. We've been traveling, conferences. Right. We went to Sex Down South. That yes. was a couple weeks ago. Um, that was fun. I won something. I went in there saying that I was going to win something. And I won a vibrating, expensive a vibrating Tell butt plug. Tell how you won this, this prize. So there was a lap dance <laughs> contest. <laughs> there was a lap dance contest. And as soon as they said lap dance contest, I ran. I said, oh, Brittany, I got to do it. She's like, go. Like, oh, I'm about to go up on stage. I'm about to go up on the stage. Meanwhile, I'm, I'm sitting down. It. I'm about to get it. <laughs> right. I'm about to win this whole stripper ass just up there against amateur night. Oh, amateur <laughs> night. The girl that was paired with me was so lucky. I was like, I got this girl. Don't worry. I bust into a split. It was over. Everybody. I should have went up there with you. <laughs> And we paired together. Right. We both would have won something. I don't know. But you know. Yeah. And you, you, you better than yeah. our, my partner. I, I know you could dance on yeah. little something. You could do a little something. We really would have fucked it up. What was I thinking about? Bitch, you was just too hype. You was just <laughs> right. like. I was cheering you on. Recording me. Right. I really oh, did no, fuck it up. next time, I got to do that. I'll get up. Like, the next time we come across, like, something like that, I'll definitely join. And we just act like. Or we can act like a team. They didn't. They. I don't think they would have cared. They wouldn't have because the other two ladies. They were. They were a team. The the one that I had to go head to head to with because we were. Um, oh my gosh! They Why were a team. They that? were a whole team. They won last year. But bitch, I won this year. I fucked it up. <laughs> this week's episode we wanted to focus so let me give you a little background on how excited London and I are to interview Jetson and Jasmine and King Noir um, at Sex Down South they hosted Big Bang 
Theory. I mean, I'm talking about Big Bang Theory. This I love that show. But the Big Bang, <laughs> the Big Bang Party, and we had heard from them from previous guests that were on the show and just been following them and their lifestyle and just their energy and how they work together and how complex and what a lot of us would think would be very scary to get in a type of relationship that they are in. But it's very admirable it's very honorable mm-hmm. and it's very them and i'm so happy to have them on the show to have them talk about polyamory to talk about porn talk about sex loving each other building uh business partners just building everything an empire because that's empire. exactly what they have yes. created an empire absolutely consent Mm. they just embody pretty much all of our episodes in one setting in one whole setting and this is like their everyday lifestyle so yeah let's get into it so i'm just sitting jasmine oh you i thought you was gonna do all of the whole rundown of everything that we do. Well, I don't know I, what you be doing. I do a whole lot of stuff. <laughs> Let's see. Um, we run Jet well, City. I, I say my name though. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. My, my name is King Noir. <laughs> and we run Jet City Jasmine LLC, which is um, primarily sex education. So we do travel around the globe, um, educating people on everything from fetishes to consent, increasing and enhancing consent culture. Um, a lot of butt stuff. <laughs> what else? What else do we do with the other leg of our company? The other leg. <laughs> <laughs> we host kinky pop ups. Did you say that already? No, I didn't. Oh, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. I was listening. Okay. We host kinky pop ups, uh, which are events that sometimes we do like dungeon takeovers, sometimes we do it in like law spaces, apartments, homes like this one right here, mm-hmm. where we just transform <laughs> it all into a space where people can get kinky, learn some things, but mm-hmm. like there's an educational element of it as well, but just as a, a way for people to let loose, have a good time, mm-hmm. and get kinky, meet some other kinky people. Yes. We do a lot of education. So we go to different universities, colleges, or conferences. Um, and as of late, we've been doing a college tour where we're educating college students on the difference between um, what they may see in porn and what is more reality-based sex. Yes. So is that is that what more your fetish film is? Like, how would you describe that? Well, there's that? definitely a, um, a overlap of all of our all of our companies. Yeah, because we've been doing some screenings at some of these events as well. Mm-hmm. So we're allowing people a chance to watch royal fetish scenes live, and then actually have a discussion and a little bit of a meet and greet after. Mm, mm, that's that's fun. We didn't get a meet and greet. <laughs> you did. Meeting us right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know. That's why I'm about to say <laughs> that night that I saw that viewing. I became a fan Aww. of the both of you. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Yes, you guys are very talented at what you guys do with your yeah. genital parts. There's definitely a scene. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely a scene that I know I will definitely bring up later during yeah. this. During okay. This, yeah. No, that's good that you brought that up. Okay. Um, awesome. We, we also we also fuck shit up in front of the camera a whole lot. 
Yeah. Okay, I was about to say your, your eyelashes look real nice like right now. We were doing yeah. a photo shoot today. Mm-hmm. I think that that's another aspect of what we do on the visual side of things. Yeah, definitely increasing um, examples of black love, mm-hmm. um, ways that people can be kinky and just, just different ways of expressing our love and sex. Um, and so making sure that there are images out there that that others can, you know, really just see themselves in or fantasize about what they can do with their with themselves or with their lovers. Um, we are also music too. We do even outside of the bedroom. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. So, can you tell them about your music project? Well, I was trying to say we make music because you be she's my muse. Okay. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you look like he's saying she got nice eyelashes. You got it. I didn't bring the camera. Still trying to get some. You got it. I got one over there. Cannon. You got it. The cannon, baby, right there. You guys, Mm -hmm. you guys, master fetish trainers. Mm -hmm. What is that? Like, talk to us about that. Well, basically, as a master fetish trainer, we help people identify their fetishes, well, discover their fetishes, identify them, and then find ways to experience them in safe and orgasmic ways. Mm -hmm. So, you know, a lot of people are like, I don't know what my fetish is. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we go through everything from, like, we have a a survey of a whole lot of different things that... Excuse me. That hopefully people say like yes, no, maybe. Yeah. And then give us some examples of like something that you would ask. Somnophilia. What? What is that? Yeah. So that's when one partner enjoys having sex. Well, both partners, but one of the partners is asleep, and they um, have sex with you while you're asleep. Oh, mm-hmm. I've always wanted something like that. See? I watched that. Yeah. I watched yeah. that before. I love cool. and woken up with it. I think mm-hmm. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I I seen the episode, like a, a scene with you guys. Definitely. Okay. Okay. I thought it was Thank so you. sexy. Yeah. Awesome. That was so fire. that is definitely a fetish of mine. Um, and so if you have that fetish, it's a, it's a little bit challenging just to kind of spring that on your partner because then there's issues of potential like consent, right? Or like when to wake you up when do you need to be sleep um there's a lot that goes into having that discussion and so this would be something that we would sit if the both of you were a couple and we would help you kind of develop what your limits are during Mm -hmm. that time um when is it how does your partner know when it's okay so for us um for that scene i think i said something like anytime this week right I can't well, remember. The, well, not for the for scene, the but during that right. time. During that time, you were like, for this entire week, you can just have sex with me at any point, and mm-hmm. you have consent, and we'll revisit it again at the end of the week. Yeah. So that's what we did. Wow. That's that's actually really good because you guys are married and you guys are giving consent. To- married. You guys are not married. Oh my bad. I guess we are now. Here, yeah. take take my ring. <laughs> Boom. Right on your show. So you guys are not married. <laughs> you guys are together. We are not legally married. We are in a domestic partnership. Y'all married by heart. 
right? Yeah, we'll and take butts. I believe in that. <laughs> we all like butt stuff. <laughs> but with that consenting, because a lot of people don't believe that they have to consent with their partner because um, that's their partner. Mm-hmm. So when did you got like? How did you guys get into saying okay, we need to consent with each other? And honestly, let's go over what consenting is and why it's really important. Mm-hmm. So um, I think just making it super easy and basic is the most important thing to me. So getting permission. We all mm-hmm. understand that. We all at some point, I would say if you got at least to first grade in your education, you understand what it is to ask permission. And the responses to um, asking permission are either yes or no. Right? Mm-hmm. Even sometimes maybe. But usually with maybe it's a follow-up question of when, you know? Um, and nothing moves unless you get a yes. And you, and now we hear um, an enthusiastic yes, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that definitely is important. But at the, at the bare minimum, it is taking a moment to ask permission to do whatever it is that you would like to do to your partner or with your partner uh, or even have done to you. So essentially communicating what you would like to do and then waiting to receive a, a, a firm response. Mm-hmm. I was going to say to that point, with consent, and it seems like with consent, it's a lot of communication. It's a lot of understanding um, what you want, what you feel, what you are curious about, and sharing that space with someone else, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So with fetishes and just trying to understand that world, that seems like it. So I guess my question to you guys is like, how did you, how do you, how do you develop and find out your fetishes? So one of the ways to develop, well, to find out what people's fetishes are, just really to ask questions, yeah. you know, just going through what it is that you're attracted to, what your interests are, you know, just also paying attention to mm-hmm. when we when we work with people, kind of like just even just from like being in your home. Yeah. Right. You can see a lot about a person, what it is they gravitate towards, what is what their interests are like. Oh, I see you have, you know, a lot of a lot of art. So certain aesthetics might be something that is that is of interest to you. So, like, what do you like to look at on a person? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, like if I walk into your home and and you have all of these beautiful pictures and it's all like men's backs. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay, so is that a, a part of a man's body that you're really interested in? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, well, what is it about a back? You know, so you can find out all these different things. Well, I, it makes me think of strength or it makes me think of, uh, what else would a back make me think of? Work. Horses Work. in the back. So, like, for example, if she, if she was like, strength and work, mm-hmm. you know, um, what kind of work do you think of when you think of a strong back? Oh, I think of construction work or a fireman or something like that. And you, you keep getting okay. mm-hmm. deeper and deeper into mm-hmm. what these things are. That's one way to find out. Another way is just like... Because that helps and ties in with the consent part, with communicating like, hey, I want to see you in a fire, fire outfit. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's okay. Mm-hmm. So like even even from there, then you could also find out more about what your what your pleasures are, what your mm-hmm. fantasies are. 
put all those kind of things together and I guarantee you're going to find a whole bunch of fetishes in there. So at what point for you guys both and even even Linda all of a sudden like did you discover your your fantasies and your fetishes? I think we it's con, it's continuous. I yeah. think that's kind of like the most important part of um, the things that we discuss with couples especially or and even singles is that it doesn't have to be like something that you liked as um, a young adult it's okay if you grow out of that and you develop something else that you become interested in so I think both for King and I we can think back to our early teens where we were um, you know very interested in in aspects of sex and sexuality that wouldn't be considered like I don't know, like normal, I guess. I didn't just want to have sex. I wanted to. I wanted to edge, do edge play with um, mm. with boys. I wanted to do everything but have sex with them. Mm. I wanted to make them. This will sound so sad, but I wanted them to get so close to like having an orgasm. Like they almost, they look so pathetic, and I really enjoyed that. Um, but I didn't know what it was, and I would always try to. And and this is kind of this is part of why it's important to explore because I was definitely practicing non consensually. Mm-hmm. You know, I was. Um, getting them in these situations where I knew that I was flirting to a point and that they would want to have sex and that they may even uh, believe that that's what was going to happen. And then I would just take them to that point, which could be very dangerous. Right. Um, yeah. And it can and it's also misleading. Uh, and I definitely knew that I wanted to see that that like desperation. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't know, you know, I didn't know why I was doing that necessarily. But I knew that it definitely turned me on. Right. Yeah, and edging is good for you though, right? Like for men, is it? Isn't it? I, I think I heard that. I, I could be wrong. I mean, I think it's it's great for all of us to practice self control. Mm-hmm. Um, it is it is also great to see how far you can challenge yourself to um, be turned on without having an orgasm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was definitely good for me because there's a power dynamic there. So and that's that's essentially what I enjoyed the most about it. I just really wasn't in touch with what those feelings were because I didn't have a master fetish trainer at like 13. (laughs) Right. Right. For for me, it was the same. Um, I was into things that I didn't even know there was names for it. You know, like I was definitely uh, in a poly open relationship when I was in high school. What? Yeah, me too. My girlfriend she was experimenting with women and well not women but other other girls and she would definitely be like hey you know let's all hang out and have a good time or whatever and even when you know if she was into other guys i'd be like yeah like go hot lad i'm like what you waiting on Mm. And I remember people at that time like really like trying to make me feel bad about it and trying to tell her that I didn't love her because of it, you know? So that aspect of it, you know, like not having the education Mm. and knowing like, you know, that's why a lot of people suppress their fetishes and who they are sexually. Mm-hmm. Also, at the time, I remember I don't know where I got them from. I stole them from somewhere. I had like a pair of handcuffs. I was already <laughs> dripping wax. I was. <laughs> I like to be watched. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, and this this is all. I was a young teenager. Yeah. Experimenting with sex, but like everybody else was kind of just like, 
bro, if I French kiss somebody, like, all right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> I got a Polaroid camera at home, and but I and that was actually it was all consensual because it was all like, can I take a picture of us? I'll take one for you. You keep one. I keep one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was like my shit. Yeah. Well, I definitely this is dating me a little bit, but you know, you had to go get your jaws like. Uh, <laughs> Develop. Develop at, <laughs> at Walgreens and shit. I definitely was the pre-royal fetish films. They was developing them at Walgreens. <laughs> Shout out to Walgreens. Thank you. <laughs> You're annoying. So, like, the fact that, because me, when I was in high school, um, you know, you have times, you have people that do have sex in front of people. Like, I've had a boyfriend, and, you know, there was, we would always get really, really drunk. And then, old boy would pass out right there, but then I would have sex with my man. And again, I, I knew I was attracted to that, and I re- that really turned me on at a young age. But then again, at the same time, I felt like that was kind of hoish of me. Mm-hmm. I, because I, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm like 17, 16, so it's like I shouldn't be having sex with my man with another person in the room. And they, you know, they weren't doing anything. They didn't disrespect me or anything. But it turned me on because you. The reason why I brought that up is because you said you liked getting watched. And I realized that that's something that I really did like. I liked getting watched. I liked having somebody in the room, but I've never expressed that to nobody. Yeah. And then the mm-hmm. fact that you guys are going to colleges and stuff and having these conversations with people, they really need that because, mm-hmm. you know, we think that we're doing something wrong, but it's there's something called a fetish and Absolutely. you like it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, see, the only thing is the person who fell asleep. Now he was up. Later on, he was like, "Oh yeah, I was up." No, I was. but I mean, like, if you but if you don't if you don't set that up consensually, mm-hmm. though, this mm-hmm. is very important still because mm-hmm. somebody you might fall asleep, pass out, whatever. They wake up and they might feel uncomfortable that people are fucking around them. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Right, so like right, in those kind right. of situations too, you might wind up like Louis C.K. out here, something mm-hmm. like that. You know, yeah. just doing stuff in front of people when they're not. They're not okay with it. So that's one of the other reasons why it's yeah. important to have these conversations with people because I'm sure most people, like, if you ask dude before he passed out, he probably like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And did Y'all go ahead. Y'all go ahead. Facts. Like, Facts. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. so I, I think, you know, there's so many different um, opportunities for consent as well to kind of take it back to what Jazz was saying earlier. I think whether it be like, as you said, when it comes to people in relationships or just people in situations Mm -hmm. and in moments, you know, it is important to make sure that everybody that's there and everybody that's around is completely cool with it. And when they are, all kinds of amazing things happen after that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of, to what you were saying about fetishes being a continuous thing that Mm -hmm. you discover and figure out. I know, um, I was recently having a conversation with a friend of mine and I was telling them that it's all an exposure. Like a lot of the things that I am being exposed to now could have been shown and provided to me at a very right. young age and allowed me the space to make sound decisions for myself mm-hmm. instead of a lot of things that I just got secondhand. Mm-hmm. And I think that that kind of plays into my experience with um, 
discovering and, and communicating my desires and my pleasures and my wants because I've always had other people doing it for me mm-hmm. where it wasn't where it wasn't who I who I am right yeah so um yeah just share yeah my fetish thing yeah so you brought up um how you like you had a girlfriend that with the other girls yeah the girlfriend and the girlfriend and another girlfriend everybody had girlfriends and stuff so you consider that polyamorous um I understand that there's a difference between polyamorous and polygamy and even swinging so what's the difference between the three all right so polygamy is when a man marries more than one woman so kind of like in the what is it the BYU people the Mormon yeah Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah, like Mm -hmm. in the in the Mormonish way Mm -hmm. Uh, polyamory is when you feel that is you have the ability to love more than one person so it doesn't always mean marriage could be dating it can just be like i love her she loved me i love her she loved me she loved him he loved her whatever you know when you're open about it and it's discussed then people are comfortable with it and then swinging is when there is one particular couple and that couple goes out and has sexual experiences with other singles or couples. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of different levels and ways to swing. Like some couples might be do, some, do something that they consider to be soft swap, which is like they'll do everything maybe up to sex. With, mm-hmm. with another couple then the, the another couple might be like we go on complete full dates and have partners outside of our relationship so you know there's a lot of different aspects to it okay so you identify as polyamorous I do personally you do personally mm-hmm. so um what about you Jess I am some combination but I, it's just easier for me to use the term sexual opportunist. Um, I think, I feel like kind of the same way about fetishes is that I've kind of um, have been exploring different relationship types within our relationship. And the easiest way for me to identify with any of it is uh, I just want to have a really good time with people that I like. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't, I may not love them, um, maybe it will lead to love but I don't really think I have the capacity to be um, to be in a loving relationship with multiple people I think because I do love a lot of people already like just like you know my children um, this guy here and (laughs) I take care of a, a lot of people in their mental health just as a therapist as well I think the idea of um, being so much of what I would want to bring into a loving relationship is a bit too much for me emotionally. Mm-hmm. So um, over, I guess over the last like, couple of years, I've started to to realize that that's a limitation and that's kind of, um, that would just be an additional, it wouldn't be as fun to me to be yeah. stretched that thin emotionally. But sex is very different. <laughs> 
Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I think that I have a higher capacity to enjoy a lot of different sexual experiences. And that's one of the things I like about the adult industry um, is that I get to do a lot of different sexual things that are like not really easy to find on Tinder or, you know, other Mm -hmm. just picking somebody up at the club or something like that. Um, So a lot of it for me, it's finding different opportunities to have like great sexual experiences. And sometimes I get to do that off the heels of relationships that King is um, developing as a poly person. And I think you're you're definitely a swinger as well. Oh, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm a whole bunch of different shit. Yeah. yeah. But, I, but I think the, the poly thing for me is, you know, I have, I have been in relationships as an adult where it was two people or three people and other people dating. And I think the, the part that I identify with in the, in the poly setting is like, I want to see whoever I'm with happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and I don't feel that I own... I don't, I don't want to possess somebody's love or possess somebody's heart. If you're happy with me and you enjoy being with me, then by all means, please be with me. And I also don't take it that if you go out with somebody else and enjoy time with somebody else, that doesn't mean you don't love me anymore. It doesn't mean you don't want to be with me anymore. It just might mean that there's shit that, they, that y'all like to do that I don't particularly enjoy either so I wouldn't want to close that side of I wouldn't want a part of you to be closed off on account of me yeah I have a comment about that cause I swear I be feeling like that she does is she says that who I want who I that's what I want to be who I am but how do you deal with jealousy Jealousy is a natural human emotion. Right. So thinking that because I call myself polyamorous or we call ourselves swingers, we don't deal with jealousy anymore. Like, that's not true. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I usually like to relate uh, poly. The best way for people who are not poly to kind of understand it, take sex out of it completely. Mm-hmm. Because that's not what being polyamorous is about. Right. It's about love. So mm-hmm. within your family. You got brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. All right. So I'm sure you get along with some better than others. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that you love them any less. That's still those of the right, I family. love them all equally. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So like, <laughs> You've been trained to say that. <laughs> what a good sister. But I mean, like, even, even if you all. even if you don't love them all equally, they you still love them. And yes. there's still a difference between anyone you love mm-hmm. and someone you don't love. Right. Mm-hmm. So if you have you know, two of your sisters go out or something like that and you weren't invited. You might be like, what the fuck? Mm-hmm. And, right. Or they have a good time and you couldn't go. Mm-hmm. Maybe maybe you were invited, oh, no. but you just couldn't go. Mm-hmm. And you're like, y'all, y'all posting all these fucking things on your stories and shit. Y'all was having the time. I wish I could have gone. That feeling that you have is natural. That's like, I want to have fun with people I love. That's never going to change. So how do you deal with it though? So like if Jasmine goes out on a date or something like that and they out actually doing some shit I would want to do. If they doing some shit I don't want to do, I'd be like, good. Oh, I'm so glad y'all had a good time doing that shit. <laughs> Lord knows I ain't want to do Take her and do that shit, please. <laughs> but like if they're having some, a good time doing something, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I tell this, I've told this story before, I'll tell it again. The most jealous I've ever been with Jasmine and somebody else, it wasn't even someone she was dating. It was a friend. And 
and they would go work out in the morning and shit. Jazz would be sending me pictures from the fucking gym. Like, yo, we killing it. We doing it. <laughs> and I love to work out with her. You know what I'm saying? So, like, damn, like, I was feeling real jealous. I remember when I told you this. Like, I'm feeling kind of jealous right here. But it's like I checked myself because I'm like... They go work out at like fucking eight in the morning, bro. Like I don't do that shit. Yeah, that's even worse. <laughs> that's even worse. That's fucking uh-huh. insane. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, I don't want to yeah. go work out at six in the yeah. morning ever. Who wants to do that? Yeah, yeah. She you're crazy. My friend. Yeah, friend. <laughs> and you know what I'm saying? And then, and then when I think about it in that sense, like I'm more like I work out six at night, eight at night. I, I'm a night person, so yeah. I'm like, mm, I'm glad you have that friend that you could go work out with. And you, okay. you know what I'm saying? So it's kind of like you usually find... it's your own. It's your own shit. Yeah, it's absolutely. Not, it, especially yeah, if you're with a partner that that loves and respects you. Yeah, which I would hope we all with. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's not like she out there like, yo, we at the gym, man. Fuck King, yo. Like, <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like if it was some shit like that, then yeah, you should mm-hmm. have a problem with it. But you know, once you are able to look through it and dig through it, and you're like, okay, this is just me. Because I want to do something with my partner. So we got to find another way for us to do something if that's the case, you know? What about you, Jazz? Being, cause yeah. being a woman and mm-hmm. we're, we're yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I think we're definitely socialized to to express those feelings more so than men, even though men have them. Yeah, you know? they do. Um, and Men just... They just don't know. Dumb shit. Yeah. Just yeah. having a conversation, yeah. you know. Um, that part. That. <laughs> right. So, um, so yeah, I get jealous. I, I mean, jealous of, like, not even other people of other things. <laughs> like, you ate without me. <laughs> that, that, that's actually a serious problem. <laughs> Brittany could attest to that. That's a huge problem. You can't be doing shit like that. That's very disrespectful. <laughs> he's very good about making sure that I eat. Um, or if he's getting something to eat, he'll say, like, do you want something? Probably because I have acted out on a provocation. Considerate, I mean. You are. But no, I definitely experience jealousy. And for me, it a lot of times it doesn't have to do with wanting to do things with him as much as it's me not having anything to do with myself. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, there have been times when like he has gone out on dates. It's kind of the same thing, like doing things that I don't want to do. Um, and But while he's doing them, I may realize like, oh, I'm sitting here folding laundry like this is lame. Um, or you know, I have to work. It's kind of just the same thing that, that you mentioned with um, the sister relationships. It's, it feels very much the same. I felt um, like, what am I doing with my life right now? Like, you know, this this is my partner, my best friend, having like living his best life. Great for him, but why am I? Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is, like, I'm so diff- like opposite. Like, I want you to go out. I want to be home. <laughs> I want to be. <laughs> But I'm also always, I'm also always out. You know what I'm yeah, saying? So yeah, like I true. travel I travel a lot even outside of the traveling that we do together. Mm-hmm. It's like when I when I am home, I don't be wanting to do shit. Mm-hmm. Like I wanna actually like sit there, be in the house and No, that that jealousy shit is a real thing. Mm-hmm. Um and I do agree with you guys on saying like it a lot of the times it is it's within us. Mm-hmm. But at what point in you guys' relationship 
like what happened what conversation did you guys have um to create this like duality mm-hmm. amongst you two and individuality amongst you two mm-hmm. it's constant it's not yeah. just one conversation yeah mm-hmm. but like yeah but what is what does that look like yeah um i would say in the beginning it was it was king sharing with me um his limits around relationships like I had been he'd been in enough monogamous relationships to know that that wasn't going to work for him anymore and he had been in enough um I guess like swinging relationships that were kind of um like trying to define themselves as poly relationships until the love yeah yeah (laughs) um and so and then for me sharing with him you know even like that I didn't feel like I had the capacity to, to meet any one person's like all of their needs and I just didn't want that I didn't want to be responsible for um just even keeping it from a, in a sexual standpoint like sexually I don't want to be responsible for doing things I don't want to do I don't want that pressure pressure of pleasing a person or being pleased by a person um and I guess from past experiences of, I think very much of what you said, like having someone else direct your sexual behavior. Mm-hmm. And it's not always a negative thing where you, you know, you either want to try something new or you do want to be pleasing to your partner. But when I was thinking about like the longevity of my sexuality, I just didn't want to feel um, kind of burdened with mm-hmm. having to meet someone else's needs. And then I feel that way also from an emotional standpoint too. and. We shared these things very early on, so that kind of um, gave us some framework. But there's been ebbs and flow, you know, throughout our throughout our relationship as our businesses grow, as our families grow, and our attention to other things. Um, you know, we ha- we either spend less time with one another, or we can be in the same space, but still be being pulled in two different directions. That's when I think things like um, jealousy can rise because there is, you know, maybe a lack of attention between the two of us. So anything that takes our attention away from each other could feel, um, and that's what jealousy is, like a feeling of a threat Mm -hmm. of losing, you know, or being without. It's just security. You mm-hmm. just have to be securing your partner, honestly. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's with everything, yes, so. with threesomes, with, because, you know, sometimes people, you know, relationships, they'll just go out and have a threesome together, and some women will do it just to please their man, right. rather than, oh, I'm secure in my relationship. I really do like having sex with other women, and I'm securing my man mm-hmm. that he won't leave and go out with another woman. Um, when you have that mentality of, I'm going to do it just to please my man, that causes problems, and that's when jealousy can also arise too. Mm -hmm. Resentment. Mm -hmm. Yes. So it's just about security in yourself and your partner, Mm -hmm. I feel. Also in those situations, a lot of times the man winds up being the one who gets jealous because the woman is enjoying herself more than he wanted her to. And that's Mm. that's not ever, 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 ever the, the... reason you should have a threesome you know like mm-hmm. I think a lot of people they try to introduce a threesome to their relationship because they want to cheat mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying yeah. they're like oh there's a way I could cheat and then you know what I'm saying we can still be together or some shit you know what I mean like yeah. a lot of times when if it's not something that both of y'all want to do don't do it. Don't do that shit. Yeah. Because I, then it's, it's just like a recipe for disaster. Yeah, I had a threesome and it, 
that moment where, because that was my first time having to ex- experience my uh, uh, someone I'm intimate with be intimate with someone else in mm-hmm. front of me, mm-hmm. and it was I just felt like a just it was just very tight on my neck. That <laughs> was just making out and like just kissing and just like from the shower to the bed just everywhere and I'm just I just I was just stuck mm-hmm. I was stuck just watching them for a second and then I joined in but it was that that whole thing of what you were saying as far as um just like what was my purpose like why am I doing this mm-hmm. and like so I'm, I'm always in this curious space of um exploring and mm-hmm. stuff like that so yeah I think part of of our sexual sexual exploration is exploring our emotions too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because sometimes it's like you know yeah like I, I mean really if you put like I don't know any combination of people licking me or massaging me or whatever like it's going to feel good but it's usually the emotional aspect that is what's going on in your head that's creating more of a barrier and so setting limits and communicating I know we've had some really really great experiences and then we've had others where the communication hasn't been that great and it's like for me like everything was going well and then this is one situation where like the next morning like we all woke up in the same bed and then um, him and the other partner started had like continuing the sex from the night. And I was like, wait a minute, like that was yesterday we were doing that. Yeah. You know? that the, right. clock, that. the clock struck as well. Wait, yeah. wait. It's a whole different day. Yeah. yeah and, different. But that wasn't, it wasn't communicated. It's something I couldn't have even thought of. Yeah. Uh, until being in that situation. And instead of throwing our, our entire relationship out because of this isolated event, it, we, we talked about it. Um, not in the moment, because I was stuck. Like, wait a minute, you know, um, was I supposed to say this? How could they not know? Wait, they're having a really good time. I'm glad you said that, because that has happened to me. It's happened to a lot of people. And I'm like, oh, you got me fucked up. (laughs) Like, all the way. All, like, and not threw the whole relationship away. You threw well, the whole relationship away? Maybe you can revisit yeah, it. just off of that. Like, I mean, it depends on what it is. It depends. Well, I, mean, I think it's, it's, well, it's, it's because, because I reacted so poorly that that was a lot of the reason mm-hmm. why. I think, I think it's tough, though, because also, even if you're in a relationship with somebody, y'all are still two individual mm-hmm. human beings who have yeah. come to the moment that y'all are in together in the relationship that y'all are in together from two completely different places. Yes. So, without constant communication, like, I think people have this, uh, I don't know, if it's from romantic comedies or Disney, that they think that you're supposed to be able to read your partner's brain. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. no one is a mind reader. Mm-hmm. You know, so there are going to be times when, you know, Jasmine can finish my sentences, but there are also going to be times when she's like, what, what the fuck is going on right where now? Are you like, going where, with that? where did this even come from? You know what I'm saying? Like, and, and one of the things that, at least for me, that I do love about my partner is that I don't know what she's going to say or she's going to do or going to bring up. Like sometimes Jazz will just be like, yo, we should do X, Y, and Z. I like that. I don't want somebody that's predictable and boring to me. Mm-hmm. But, you know, at the same time, when somebody does have, you know, a different view and outlook on the world and, you 
know, you have to be like, well, why did you do this? Because, mm-hmm. like, for example, like, even with that, like, we all slept in the bed together. Mm-hmm. We woke up together. Why are we not fucking? You know what I'm saying? Like, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's my, that's yeah. how I look at it. Yeah. But, right. but so, but I don't have her perception. So, you know, it is important for both of us. Mm-hmm. Like if I if I'm like, yo, as long as we are all in the same space, we should all be fucking like if that's something I need to yeah. let it be known. Or if she let needs to let it be known, like, yo, once we wake up in the morning, she gotta go. Yeah. Or yeah. make breakfast. Yeah, she shouldn't be in the bed in the morning because she should be making fucking breakfast. (laughs) That's maybe what I was really mad about is that I was hungry. Yeah. That was the problem. I think that all of that is in order for, but even if you're not in a relationship, you have fun with other people or whatever, even if you're you're, you're in a monogamous relationship, y'all are still going to have moments where maybe one day she's just like, Mm, I'm gonna lick your butthole. And if you weren't prepared to get your butthole licked, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You might be like, yo, what the fuck are you doing? Mm-hmm. And, I, and a lot of times, I think a lot of couples, they always think that their partner got this from somewhere else. Right. So it's always like, where you learn how to lick buttholes from? Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Why you- the dog. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, like, that constant communication is what makes any relationship better. Yeah. yeah. Any relationship. Why do you think it's it's hard for couples to to do that? Like, what's your take on it? Like to articulate their desires, Some people, or even yeah, that communication. We we talked about it earlier. You know, we've been shamed for everything that we are into sexually mm-hmm. since we popped out. You know, especially in this country, America makes you feel really bad for sex while they sell it to you. Yeah. Is that, is that, um, cause at Sex Down South you performed and in your lyrics you really spoke and touched on repression and mm-hmm. um, oppression and um, yeah, is that one of the reasons why you started that, like rapping? Absolutely. In, in I mean, yeah. in, in, in the aspect of just being able to freely and openly express myself. Mm-hmm. is why I love I love to make music. Okay. You know, sometimes you could say it to somebody and it'll either go over their head or, you know, make them extremely uh, on edge. But if you put that shit in the song, they're going to bop along to it and then realize what you said later, you know? Yeah, so that's, right. That's, yeah. that's usually a, a good way to kind of, like, open people's minds up. So how has it been managing parenting work in the relationship? You pointing at me? Yeah. I'm gonna be doing this parenting by myself. I know. (laughs) But it's so nice to hear a man talk about parenting Um, working. It is. Right. It is. It's it's interesting because, you know, with a baby, babies need constant attention and care and all of that. You know what I'm saying? So that's why I say when when I am home from the road and things like that, I don't want to go do other stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be with the baby. I want to be with, with the girls. Uh, we have two teenagers as well. And one of them, she, uh, our middle child, she's like playing ball now. She's doing all these great things for school. So like, I, I really enjoy 
parenting and the, that aspect of our lives. So trying to find the balance really has to do with when I'm on the road, trying to make sure that I'm, I'm texting the older kids and FaceTiming the baby to make sure that I'm still present and finding out all the things that I'm missing through the day and all of that is one way to balance it. And then also we get to have our kids travel with us. Mm-hmm. Which is actually, I really believe in, in learning as the experience as the best teacher, you know. So being able to have the kids see the world and, you know, our oldest traveled with us to England last year. So it was, you know, being able to watch her in a new country and explore and have her say, oh, I want to go check this thing out. And we went to a museum and all of that. Like, you know, parenting doesn't stop just because, you know, you're busy and you got to travel. You know, these kids are still growing. They're still learning. They're still dealing with the world. So you have to make sure that you stay as involved as you possibly can at all times. And some of it requires you thinking on your feet and doing non-traditional forms of parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, especially from the, the industry that we're in, like people are always asking, how can you be in that industry and have kids or as if there's some reason to not be a parent because of the work we do, which I think still goes back to that initial conversation of how everybody feels ashamed mm-hmm. for having sex, even though that's how we all got it. Right. Definitely was about to ask, like, right. do you guys expose them to your, to your lifestyle? Not in any inappropriate way. I mean, I wouldn't ever just show my kids my work like that would be, mm-hmm. that'd be wild people don't even show their kids they work and they're an accountant so why right, would we right. do it in porn yeah you know? mm-hmm. um we do have conversations about it mm-hmm. okay you know? yeah um based on their age and their level of understanding because it's definitely something that's gonna possibly pop up on them at some point and has popped up on our on our oldest you know, people being like, oh, I know what your parents do and stuff like that. Yeah. Or even our, our middle daughter being approached at the airport, people ask, asking yeah, her um, if she was our, our daughter. Um, so, you know, it's, it is, by, we never wanted them to experience learning about what we do from someone else. So we've mm-hmm. always prepared them from the very beginning that um, this is a decision that, um, that I'm making. Uh, this is what I would like to do with my life as a woman. And um, it wasn't a permission asking conversation. It was, a, you know, do you have any questions or concerns? And how was that response? Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> the oldest definitely was like, okay, like, you know, like, that's cool. Can I do your makeup? <laughs> um, the younger one, and this is just a really a reflection of their personalities. The younger one was like, ew, like, why would you want to do that? I don't even want to know the answer. And then off she went with a ball of some sort. Um, But now it's really funny because just like, you know, we we do have, although non-traditional approaches to parenting, um, they're still reaching their same development milestones as any other kids. Mm -hmm. And, you know, um, can you say it really well in in terms of kids being very selfish? (laughs) 
And that same kid that was like, why do you want to do that? Now she's like, oh, you have a client. So does that mean we're going to have the money for my lacrosse? You know, like she is now like equated. Like, I know you, you know, I know you go out and you do something that is gross. But whenever you think about your parents interacting, anything anything, really, it's like, oh, you got to go to work. That's boring. You got to, you have friends. Oh, gosh, my parent is dancing. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Even if like you have all your clothes on, you're at a wedding, right? Right. It's yeah. still like, oh, it's so embarrassing. But um, so, no, they definitely have, they also have a huge appreciation for how hard we work. Mm-hmm. And um, and I see that in how they support, support us. I mean, still, it's like pulling teeth to get them to clean their rooms and take out the trash and all that other kind of stuff. But the way that they'll come and take the baby in the morning when, um, you know, we've been traveling to make sure that, like, they're spending time with him and they're giving us a break or when um, King is traveling and I'm home and I'm working, they jump right in to make sure that I'm able to do my work without having to worry about watching the baby. They'll cook and just like things that show like we're a family unit and we support and respect each other. That's beautiful. We um, we um, we've had other parents on the show, and we've asked them questions like how they communicate with their kids about sex. Being that you guys are clearly an open family, open with conversation and communicating with with one another about certain things, how do you guys communicate with your kids when it comes to sex and protecting themselves and stuff like that? Well, we we actually. Uh do a seminar, we've been traveling with a seminar called Porn and Parenting, to help people equip their children with ways for them to be protected and feel safe, and then also for parents to be able to still keep their sex lives going. So, you know, we we tell people exactly what we do. And starting with, let's say our youngest, he's a year old, he's not even really formulating words yet. Mm -hmm. But when we do refer, like if we're cleaning him, we're not like, we're gonna clean your woo-woo or your pee pee mm-hmm. or whatever, you know, we're gonna clean your penis. We're gonna, you know, kind of like to get him familiar with the proper terminology. Mm-hmm. Because unfortunately, we live in a world where there are predators who are after children. And in some circumstances, in some places, there are laws that seem to protect the predator more than the child. Yes. And if the child and if the children do not know the proper terminology of how to refer to their genitalia, then and they say like that man touched my ding dong or whatever, <laughs> or whatever, the police will be like, well, that's that doesn't tell me what they actually That's touch. crazy. You know, so we have to. Our children have to know and not be ashamed of their body to be able to protect their body, to be able to stand stand up for themselves and things like that as well. That's a great way of putting it. And then with our, with, our older, with our older children, you know, we've provided them with condoms. We've had these conversations with them about protecting themselves and, you know, what are the, what are the results of if you actually do choose to make that choice, you know, not even just that every day, everybody's always like, hey, you know, if you have sex, then you can get pregnant or you can get a disease. But what about the emotional aspects that come along with it also? Like if you do have sex now, are you prepared for somebody to, you know, shit on you and not want to talk to you tomorrow or 
talk talk badly about you or talk junk or say all these other kinds of things that you know people don't always get into those kind of conversations with their kids that then their kids are left feeling like I'm alone in these kind of situations mm-hmm. so like being real with them but that doesn't also at the same time mean that we got to get all into the details of our sex lives with them yeah I think the other thing that's um that is kind of neat and it's a little bit different a lot of people focus on having like the talk or a talk mm-hmm. with them um for us it's like finding opportunities constantly to have talks about or have discussions or bring up um appropriate uh, or even just health having healthy sexual behavior and sexy or healthy attitudes around sex so we'll be watching a show and um you know like something will come on and i'll say like hmm that's interesting nobody pulled out a condom in this scene you know and it, it may feel a little like in the moment like oh like why you know, but it gives us the opportunity to point out a situation that has a visual attached to it that kind of says like, okay, what you're seeing is not really represent representing the way that we would like you to think about sex and behave. Um, there's just a, a lot of things we'll hear them talking like when they were talking about a homie hopper. <laughs> it's like a homie hopper. It was like a, a younger, well, at least um, in our areas with the younger kids mm-hmm. would call it a hoe like a, a, a girl that yeah. sleeps with you know and so we got into this discussion you know Omi Hopper is very specific yeah okay that well she only fuck with friends yeah she well, fucks yeah. the homies yeah okay <laughs> she but she's friend. sleeping around that group of homies. people yeah. of homies so we had this discussion yeah, like okay so like you know what does we that mean to you yeah I mean or what what we call well, right. it right what mm-hmm. we call it Oh. Well, not what we call it, but like mm-hmm. what we called it as as young as in young our kids. adolescence. Mm-hmm. But it gave us a chance to like instead of being like you, you know, like what is that? Don't use that word or, or whatever. Don't hang around people like that. It's like what does that mean to you? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so does 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 she do it because she wants to, or is do they expect her to, or does this all happen in one setting? Like, are we talking about a train here, or are we talking about you know, and just having the freedom to have those kind of discussions with our children is it's really freeing and I think it also liberates something at least for me who didn't have an opportunity to have those kind of conversations mm-hmm. and so to um, to to be able to give my children an outlet to have these conversations it kind of does a little bit of um, cathartic healing for me as for what I experienced as a child that movie thing is a nice touch I must say because you know most parents they'll say you know cover go your upstairs, eyes go <laughs> cover your eyes cover but your you eyes. use it as a learning experience like listen this is not what it's supposed to be like mm-hmm. use a condom here understand or you know that's that's a really nice touch and we need more parents like you and we need more Thank people you. like you to teach other parents how it should be done mm-hmm. and or that's, how it could be done right? I think yeah. should mm-hmm. I want to say Listen, there's there's just too much going on out here in these world and we don't have time to be not educating our kids Mm -hmm. the proper way, Mm -hmm. whether... I, 
when I say it should be done, I mean like it just should be done. Period. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. as far as like allowing space, that whole right. exposure thing, allowing mm-hmm. allowing people to make decisions for themselves. So yeah, one of my favorite, um, like it's like my favorite and most uncomfortable, awkward, but needs to happen, and I love when it happens. It, conversations is when we talk about um, the sheep gotta have it, the new. Oh yeah. yeah. And so our, what is our that? she's gotta have it with oh, Spike Lee. Okay. Mm-hmm. Our oldest watches it. Yeah, I haven't seen it, but I know enough about the premise and um darling right here. <laughs> well, you know, I want I want our daughter to have more dating experiences and she's pretty she's taken a more traditional model of like you know falling in love in high school and like trying to stay with the person um and so we she's been watching that and we have like we're able to use that as like a discussion because like well isn't it you know isn't it nice that she gets to and she's like well mom do you really want me dating all of these guys and I'm like well, I just want you to be happy and want you to be informed and mm-hmm. then they start talking about the different guys and the different characters so there's a lot of stuff that's out there that really gives you an opportunity to start these conversations without it having to be like this awkward birds and bees. She's, yeah. she's 18, right? Yeah. So, uh-huh. you know, that's an appropriate mm-hmm. conversation yeah. with an 18-year-old. But I, we're not saying like you should have this conversation with your 12-year-old. Right, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Yeah. Th- there's mm-hmm. different stages and different levels to all of them. But she definitely is convinced that we she we want her to be Nola Darling out here. She's like, yeah, yeah. I want her to be Nola Darling. Like, no, it doesn't have to be that extreme, you know? Mm-hmm. But, so how do you balance that? Like, that's that was something that mm-hmm. I kind of struggle inside of um, wanting to date multiple people but then like I have this one person and it seems like the commitment is in, in this one person and I have other people that I like to have experiences with and that I love and that I care for and that I bring, that bring me pleasure that mm-hmm. you know outside mm-hmm. of just physical stuff just so like how how to balance that Everybody balances things differently. Yeah, yeah. You know, you have to, first of all, I think it's important with all relationships to look yourself in the mirror and really figure out what you're, you have a capacity for. Mm-hmm. Like, I think something that Jazz said earlier about when we first had our kind of like, well, I'm interested in you, you're interested in me, like, how, how can we make this work conversation? And we both were open to our capacity. You know, I I knew I couldn't be in another monogamous relationship. I just wasn't happy in them, you know? And, but at the same time, like Jasmine and I not only have a relationship as individuals, we have a relationship together. We have a family together Mm -hmm. and we work together. Mm -hmm. So that's a whole lot of slices to the pie right there. Right. You know, so anybody else who is going to be in my life or in our lives as, as a partner has to be completely understanding and respectful of that or they have no place. You can't make time for somebody who doesn't respect the other people that you have in your life. Mm. So first, it's you looking into yourself for the capacity that you have. Like you you might be like, yeah, I, I got the capacity for like three, four people. And maybe one of those people is 
79% of my time. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? Or something like that. You know, like, yeah. really think about it. Like, how much, how much time. Yeah, number to pick. But, you know, you, th- you think about it, you just like, this person takes up all of these spaces of my time. So if I'm also seeing these other people, what am I seeing them for? Mm-hmm. What are they seeing me for? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where do we get along? Where do we not get along? How does this work for everybody? And then some people might be like, well, if I'm dating somebody, I don't want anybody to meet each other. Other people might be like, well, I want them to at least know about each other and know who they are, be respect. Other people like, yo, I want all of us to sit down for a fucking meal together. You know what I'm saying? So it really, you have to know who you are and then you have to be extremely blunt and honest with everybody else mm-hmm. because once you once you mislead somebody that's when people get hurt mm-hmm. yeah. You know? yeah that's when mm-hmm. jealousy becomes envy yeah and whereas jealousy is a natural thing envy is a disease oh it's a so you you have to you have to really um make sure that your movements are going to be open and honest with all those people as long and and open and honest with yourself or it'll never work right okay let's Mm. get into um a little bit about the porn industry and sex working Mm -hmm. um tell us about your experience in the porn industry or some of the most um misconceptions in porn hmm so uh, a mis uh, a misperception, I think, is that everyone is in the industry because they are damaged, desperate, broke, um, lonely. Like you know, every every negative quality that you can think of of a person. And um, I've met some pretty amazing people in the industry, and I think that we are definitely representatives of the complete opposite of that. Um, I think. Uh, a number of people are in lots of jobs as adults that have experienced trauma um, or have experienced bad things as in in their lives and that didn't necessarily dictate you know what type of job they've taken on um, I do think that there is a lot of um, opportunity for people to take empowerment of their body and their sexuality in sex work so um, I think that that's a wonderful thing that may have a correlation there however you know I got into the industry at 30, I already had a career. Um, I, you know, porn isn't my bread and butter. It's a great, it's a great, great um, additional source of income for sure. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, it's a lot of fun. It's an opportunity for me to have a lot of varied sexual experiences that as a, like an intro, introvert, extrovert person, like I would never, I would never stick my foot in someone's ass all the way had I not been in the porn industry. Now I can just like yeah. think about that all the time. She's like I did that um, shit yeah. last week. Yeah, like, you know, so I mean, foot? yeah. In the asshole? Yeah. It, wow. Yeah. 
I mean, it's like things like that, like that. I've always like, you know, kind of like, you know, wondered about and kind of felt like, no, you know, I probably just have to like watch something along these lines or I'll just like die never knowing what that's like. But through this job, I've been able to explore so many different things. And people have this misconception that everything is about someone forcing you to do something Mm -hmm. or that you don't want to be there. You have to be there. And um, that couldn't be the furthest from the truth for me. Mm-hmm. I think we already broke down one of the biggest uh, misconceptions is that we don't have a life outside of porn. You know, that we don't have families, that we don't have children. Yeah. That Do we, we ever? Do you ever, know what I'm saying? So <laughs> Do I, think, you ever, girl? I think that's one. Um, I think another one is that there's those two reactions that you get when you tell people you do porn where they be like, Ugh, how can you do that? Mm-hmm. Anybody can do that. Yeah. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. They think this shit is easy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can speak from, from being a man in the business, like, you gotta get hard and then be hard for like, whole day of shooting with mad strangers around and moments that's not sexy and all kinds of shit like that. Yeah. If you're a woman in the industry, you gotta hold positions that most people really don't wanna be in at all. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> or, you know, you you have to deal with, it was funny, I was on Twitter the other day and there was like some fan who was just like, you know, doing what fans do on Twitter. And they, they're, they're <laughs> tweeting hard, tweeting hard about body parts. And this person had as their like uh, avatar a collage of at least 30 porn stars' buttholes. What? Like that was their avatar, not their picture, not a picture of their fucking cat. <laughs> a picture of like 30 porn stars buttholes 30 like it was, yo, it was mad buttholes yo <laughs> it was like a collage of buttholes <laughs> and it had each porn star's name under it stop it word is gone like yo it was like somebody took the time to make a collage to get an app <laughs> <laughs> and you have to pay on those type of apps to have that many different I don't know because I accidentally uh, made collages no. so <laughs> I accidentally ran across um, toilet seat views on on X and XX mm. so like it's just a bunch of it, the camera is from the oh, toilet and so it's okay. just a bunch of people sitting down oh my god I hope that was consensual I ran across it it wasn't probably but but I mean like but just but yes. just think about it you're fine so maybe yeah. Like when people just think of it, people are scrutinized every single body. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And also just think of how people are. Like, yeah. no matter what, you're always too big, too small, too short, too tall, whatever the fuck. They're always going to find something wrong with right. you, right? So, like, the, the misconception that, like, that it's easy work. Like, you're yeah. under a crazy ass microscope and you're expected to perform. Yeah under that microscope. Now, it's great for those of us who like to be watched mm-hmm. and we find pleasure in it, but at the same time, you know, there's a lot of stress that's put on people yeah. in this business. So, you know, I think that that's a misconception of it, but, you know. What about it from, like, gender and race? Oh, man. Oh, wow. You, 
You trying to open that one up? Yeah. Nah, I mean, yes. you know, just like just like everywhere else, yeah. you know, we live in America. Everything is racist here. Mm-hmm. And black women get treated the worst, like shit. Yeah. Like black like women, yeah. like shit sure. over mm-hmm. black men. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. definitely. Yeah, because we get we get. Um, dehumanizing we, we get sh- like basically shut down for being who we are if we're sexual beings or mm-hmm. we're sensual beings mm-hmm. we are we're, we're, we're horrible people so black women we, we could be upset about something and we're deemed as crazy mm-hmm. you know somebody could disrespect my child and or put their hands on my child and I can't act out mm-hmm. as I should so black women are just disrespected completely completely in the world. Yeah, I um I think that in the porn industry is just a microcosm of the larger you know, our larger the larger culture. There's a lot that people can get away with in the porn industry that in other industries wouldn't be overlooked because of the stigma that's associated with the people in the industry. Um, a lot of people don't value sex workers. So, you know, um, a complaint or a workplace practice that shouldn't, that wouldn't hold up anywhere else can sometimes, oftentimes hold up in the porn industry. And ways, things that we've done to com- combat that is diversify our earnings, mm-hmm. own our own companies, produce our own material, own our own material, um, be behind the camera, in front of the camera, the editing, the distribution, all of it. Um, so that way we don't have to, uh, if there is an unsafe work practice or there is racism or sexism, we can walk away from it. We can be the whistleblowers behind it and not have to necessarily take food from our family's mouth to do that. Mm-hmm. Mm. We are a very, very customer-based um, company where we are in direct communication with our clientele. There is no buffer or barrier in between us and our clientele. So if they like what we're producing, then they'll buy it. We don't have to also be accepted by a larger company or um, or accepted by it, the industry, so to speak, in order to sell our product. I think that because of that, other people in the industry, they, they look to us mm-hmm. and they reach out to us to work with us. Yeah, absolutely. To, to connect with us, whether it be uh, filming or even just to have these kind of conversations. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah that's beautiful. But yeah, this shit racist. <laughs> <laughs> mad sexist, mad sexist, mad racist, just like every single place else that you go in this in this society. And hopefully, you know, we we kicking down as many of those doors as possible. Okay. All right. Um, so, what is the most common thing you've experienced being out in the field? Which me. So like in porn or just in, in you guys' lifestyle, what is the most common thing that you guys keep seeing happening? Whether it's just a repeated pattern. Any repeated pattern. I hate, I hate to say this. You know, men are trash. <laughs> what do you mean? Why do you hate to tell the truth? I just hate to say it. Okay. Because it's like, you know, I don't know, like, so... Because because I um, I get to see how men speak about women, 
like for the same work that I do, a man might hit me up and be like, yo, you be fucking mad hoes and shit. That's what's up. Like, that makes me a hoe too, bro. What the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> Chill out. You shouldn't be talking about any of us that way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, how men hit me up, men that are, that might be interested in my work or whatever, like, just disrespect, I get, just, I know, I know, so if, if I'm getting, is if I'm getting like 50 dick pics a day, and 50 pussy pics a day, mm-hmm. then I know most women are getting like 500 mm-hmm. Yeah, pics a day. Okay. And, and even, worse, okay. like, that's women and, and young girls, and, you know, that's the part that bothers me, if, if grown men will send me unsolicited pictures for a reaction what do they do to young girls that are on the internet and mm-hmm. that just ugh, it really bothers me and I, and I think that you know and then also when it comes to the porn industry was going through uh, me too moments just like mm. just like the rest of the uh, the rest of the society and seeing men cape for men that are pieces of shit just makes us all trash mm. you know um, I see what you mean. so it's unsafe work environments just like other mm-hmm. professions are dealing with and you know I think that I also get a lot of messages from men because of the work I do they then think oh well he must have a particular type of mentality which also shows they don't pay attention to the other shit that I do mm-hmm. which only adds to the trash so <laughs> you know what I'm saying and I, and I just think that there is it's kind of like at a breaking point where I feel like if a man is going to say, I'm a man, I'm a good man, then you have to be just as vocal in being an ally to women and the LGBTQ community. You know, a lot of straight men are, are in, in our community, black men are out here attacking black trans folk, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. black gay and, and bi and, and lesbian folk. Mm-hmm. And, you know, this... If that's the side that you're on, then you're playing the role of an oppressor. Right. So, mm. in order to not be trash, we have to actually stand up, step up, and and be true allies. And by being a true ally, you have to actually find out what you can do to be helpful and resourceful. Yeah. So a common thing that I see that I'm so sick of is the same stupid stereotypes. Like enough already, you know. Um, I I don't want to see any more of my Asian counterparts being um, massage therapists, you know. (laughs) Or if I see the word fiery in front of Latina again, like I'm over it. Or black women that was like the hip hop, um, hip hop ass or twerking, you know. It's like or fat ebony ass. Yeah, (laughs) on top uh, and just and and it's it's used for anyone with um, with melanin in their skin. Yeah, no matter what size her ass is, you know, or Mm -hmm. um, big black dick takes, you Mm -hmm. know, precious Snow White or whatever, like. They do come up with the dumbest shit. They, yeah, the dumb names, but at the end of the day, it's the same stereotype being perpetuated with a stupid-ass title in front of it. Um, I, It's just, it's kind of, uh, I, I would like porn to mature with me, and it hasn't. 
And so that I'm, I'm happy to be in a space where we get to create really cool things. We get to um, show people, you know, just different representations, diverse people. And that a lot of people are in the in the business now of making independent porn. So you can actually see a good mix and a good variety of different um, different styles of adult entertainment without it falling under like those five categories that I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So what are the weirdest things you were asked to do? Or experience. Or experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for me, what most recently was, it was the sounding, which was sticking the... Who, the, girl? Yeah. We was going to talk about that. Okay. <laughs> Alright, that was yeah. yeah. We had to walk out of the big bay. We didn't walk out, but we, I did. We, I was fixated on y'all smacking asses on stage at that point. I said, "Oh, I'm gonna look I this had to way." Walk out. So I my, my throat, everything. I girl, tried. you did it so slow. Well, that was I was being considerate. So sounding Ooh, is Lord. is when you take um, yeah. a sound instrument, which is um, a medical um, device, a stainless steel device. It was sound. It was a sounding instrument. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh and you no. um insert it. Well, it, they can, but but the, these ones didn't. Um, and you insert it into a man's penis, into the hole. Uh, and you you jumping like you got a penis. Man, well, let me I tell mean, you about my urethra <laughs> right now. Say, yeah, <laughs> but it's similar to a catheter. Yeah. similar to a catheter. Uh, yeah, I've done catheters well, before, then, well, not but me, just but. watching him because yeah. he described the scene because he also was wrapped. Yeah, we did yeah. Um, saran wrap bondage yeah, with that. that, and the only thing that was um, <laughs> that was out. I think his face was out. His yeah, he, his mouth. His mouth. Was mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. his mouth was out, and um, his his penis was out, and um, everything was consensual. Actually, it was something that he brought to the table. Word, that was his yeah. sound. Effect. And see, this is this is an example wow. of, and, and King filmed it. So that was awesome <laughs> that he was able to experience that with me. This is one of those things that I feel like. Like in regular dating, I wouldn't have the opportunity right. to do that. Or Mm-mm. we'd have to like date for so long before you tell me that you're into that. And like, yeah. you, you know, that's or not so- just come up to your partner and be like, hey, babe, would you um come film me sticking some metal rods into this? Yeah, but that's that's the great part about yeah, being in the industry. Yeah. It's like okay, I get to try this experience that I didn't even know. I I didn't know much about it, and now I'm like, oh, this is so great! I got to do it again too. Yeah, you have and your own equipment now. I do. <laughs> I you love it. Surgical loop. Yes, I am. Um, but then also because of the business, it's like on a, a work like it's a work conversation like are you, you're really not going to come to work with me and you're not going to support me and you know so it was nice to have that experience you were super cool about it I was because I, I mean it's funny like shot. watching it watching it in person like there was in person one part that I was just like oh like that face that you just had. Yeah. Right? And, I, like, oh, and I know but, what part, probably. But the part, but, but the, <laughs> the thing that was fascinating to me is it's like, I have to ask him because shit, I, I'm like, yo, so what, what, what do you enjoy about that? That was my and question. Was that was my next like, question. The feeling that you get uh, when you have to urinate. And then when you piss, you know, you feel relieved. So it's like that in reverse. So it's like, uh, so because so with women, you know, when we're about to squirt, mm-hmm. you know, it's that peeing. We feel like we have to pee, but we just have to eventually release and then we squirt. Is it that same type of 
really I mean obviously you never release like a woman can squirt but mm-hmm. it will it give that type of like rush type Are you of feeling like yeah the pressure that pressure yeah, not, not from what he explained to me because I don't I don't feel like well I can speak for myself I know when I'm about to bust a nut it doesn't feel like I'm about to piss so mm-hmm. I don't I don't relate to. Okay. So he wasn't even saying it from the perspective of like an orgasm. He was just saying like when Urination. when you have to urinate and you do urinate, there's a relief that you get. Yeah. So imagine that relief and then you feel it and then she takes it out and you feel that relief and she puts it in and you feel that pressure. I you know saw that. Saying? So like that she he enjoyed that. I stopped watching. <laughs> I did. I yeah, that, that I'm, I'm glad you said that because I, that was the reason why we put the question in because that that was something that I had never seen before. Mm-hmm. Ever. Besides the rapping, just him being restrained, like mm-hmm. like not being able to do anything, and but you can see the pleasure. Was yeah. that like a request to see? Say that again. Was that a request to being wrapped being up? Wrapped. Um, that was. I think that was my request. Look, we oh, definitely yeah. 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 had yeah. We had a industrial <laughs> thing of saran wrap. He was. Yeah. He was definitely okay with being bound and in any way but you know one of the things in doing that something that was in the back of my head for my safety is I definitely want you to be restrained I'm going to respect your um, I'm going to respect your safety word if you choose to use it but having never done that before being worried about like literally a knee-jerk reaction right so like what if I didn't do it right and his reaction was to like jump or I want him in saran wrap and bound, <laughs> right? Um, and use your your safety word, and obviously I'll stop. But it, it was it was a great experience because I got to learn, um, and it wasn't like I read a book and then I did this on a person. The person was actually sharing with me what he found pleasurable, um, how to make That's sure dope. I did it in a way that was like clean and didn't cause infection. Yeah. I mean, it was just it was so. Cool to be able to do it step by step and just think about it from like not a sounding perspective but if your lover is able to give you step by step instructions on how to please them and you're trying something new like that's I don't know it's just really a nice experience mm. well I don't think weirdest thing I don't know I don't I don't I don't like to use the word weird because there is a certain amount of Negative. negativity that's put on it yeah. but like mm-hmm. something that was completely different um yeah i got to work ordinary. with one of my one of my favorite uh performers uh subby cupcake and she's like uh, <laughs> like a stunt woman you know, like she's next level. So we were deciding what our scene was going to be. She was like, have you ever worked with bear traps before? What? And I was like, <laughs> nah. <laughs> I ain't going to try to trap a bear. See <laughs> but like, um, she was like, so I have these bear traps and I have this bed of nails. I was thinking like you could um, trample me on the bed of nails while bear traps on my arms mm. so like it's it's really really dope like I filmed the whole her explaining how she has to uh, basically was it distribute her weight 
to be able to lie on a bed of nails. It's like a real bed of nails. This ain't like some some bullshit. Like literally like them shits can go through your skin. So like she she would be on that. And then so like I could only have my feet on certain parts of her. Now for me it was great because you know, I usually am wearing some fly ass kicks and everything. Oh so this was like gosh. one where I was like completely <laughs> barefoot, you know? So fans who like wanted to see my bare feet are now seeing my bare feet trample someone on a bed of nails. So like we took it like eight steps ahead of you. Yeah. So, but like just the... the you better gash your scene up. <laughs> right. It's facts though. <laughs> but like, so it's funny because when we doing the, the part with the bear trap, she's like, so you have to like, you really, in order to get it to, to latch onto her arm, like I had to like slam a bear trap onto oh, her fucking arm. You know what I mean? Duh. And it's like... Is this video? Yeah. This uh, is I'm gonna need to see this. this. It's, 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 I don't know. Cause I nails on King Noir and Royal <laughs> I can see that. XX.com. Okay. I'll send y'all the trailer or something. Okay. But I'm gonna check it out. So, I'm gonna um, have to buy it. You know, when, when we're doing this, like the first time, I'm all like... <laughs> like all light and shit so I'm like I won't crush this woman's arm with no bear trap but she's like no it's okay I've done it before so Consent. now I'm like just slap and it's like just a bear trap hanging off her fucking arm and I was just like wow like most people at their job they not putting bear traps on people's arms so I mean it's, it's like super different and it's not something that I would have ever thought of because I don't even fucking ever think of bear traps yeah. you know so, so like even go from bear trap to bear trap on yeah. someone I'm about to have sex with no one is thinks like about a, bear traps a wild open but jump that's just you know fun I mean? that you have the opportunity so was she bleeding? no 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 it it it, it, it so from what I see, like beaver traps have the teeth on it, mm-hmm. or certain traps if you're trying to catch kill the animal. Mm-hmm. So, you done went and research all kinds of yeah, animal yeah, traps. Listen, I just know one type of bear trap, the one, the one that, that goes in your skin. If I'm, if, I'm, okay. if I'm about to use some shit on somebody, I need to know yeah, what I'm doing. Yeah, yeah. Yes. Yes. I support yes. the cause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was it was just like literally like a clamp. It didn't have the teeth in it. Okay. But I wouldn't be surprised if she actually had yes. traps with the teeth. She'd be like, doing something. Like that's why like to me she's one of my favorites just because I feel like she puts she goes like above and beyond. Yeah. So mm-hmm. like to do the scene and do something that was above and beyond was really dope. Yeah. When when I hear stories like this, I just think like Wow, that person has an imagination. That's it. That's it. That's all. Like an imagination, and they actually explore their imagination. Yes. Mm-hmm. So I like. So that's I think all with the offices. That'd be a better way mm-hmm. to say it. Weird then. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the yeah. most imaginative mm-hmm. scene. scene and stuff? Mm-hmm. I like. Yeah. That. I like. That okay. I like. Okay. I like that too. Okay, we better remix the question. <laughs> all right. Well, we're going to wrap up with our um, munchies segment. Yeah, about two questions from two or three. You want to? I'll go into it first. Um, So this question is furry here. 
if you could, <laughs> she's no, she's furry here. <laughs> Hi. What up, furry? Um, if you could dress up as any animal and fuck, what would it be and why? <laughs> Yo, shout out a to bear. All, shout out to all my furries out there. Like, yeah. That is such a, a cool fetish to me. <laughs> Wait, well, you would be a bear. Oh, I can just oh, see man. <laughs> I don't know, man. I know what I would be. I cannot be get that. Okay. I could deal with that. Okay. I love okay. wolves. Damn. Why does this seem so hard? Have to pick just one? You could pick three. Oh, you could pick three? I'm allowing it. Look, he already. I'll be a wolf. Mm-hmm. I'll be a lion. Mm-hmm. And I would be. So aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> lions be fucking. I've seen lions that shit. Lions spend all day fucking. They fuck for like a day. That's wonderful. So, yeah. Um, definitely a lioness because I love the way the lion looks behind the lioness. Remember when we talked about the their paws? Oh, being, mm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm exactly what um, you're talking about. <laughs> um... Something, oh man, this shouldn't be so hard. When I think, it's because the difference is being an animal, right? And then thinking about it as a furry, which yeah. is very different. Because when I think about the costume yeah. of a furry, I'm like, eh. Um, so, okay, lioness is one. Um, the second one would probably be, this is sounds so silly, but a turtle. And the reason why is because you gotta be creative with what kind of positions with this shell. <laughs> I think that it could be kind of fun and funny. Um, that would be funny. Yeah, I just think that it would be funny. Again, I think I could see that as a costume costume too, like as a kind of like a furry or whatever. It's not so furry. And then really a bear. Just when I think of like the like a snuggly bear costume, mm-hmm. which is kind of like soft and and everybody like loves a good bear hug. Not the traps though. Not everybody doesn't love the traps. Um, but that's kind of like you know when I describe myself as a gentle flower. That would be when I wear my bear costume. Gotcha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what would you dress up as? Mm-hmm. Okay, friend. You can't be thinking this long. Okay. She's I, like, well, Jasmine did. Yeah. <laughs> Edit out these pauses. I, I don't know. I think I just want to be very colorful. So I think like a unicorn. Oh, mm-hmm. I said that in my yeah. head too. I just want something colorful. Okay. I'll be a monkey. Okay. Because <laughs> a baby boy, when they do the monkey fuck, I'd want to do a monkey fuck in a monkey outfit. And monkeys <laughs> are my favorite animals. I'll be a unicorn and then um, a cheetah. Mm-hmm. That's cute. Yeah. I want to fucking cheetah. Because cheetah out costumes are very cute mm-hmm. and sexy. Yeah. Yeah. yeah like I can. <laughs> 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 Swirl around and shit, swirl on that dick. 
like that. You know, I, I fucks with that. So that was a good question. I'll go that to the was. next one. Okay, so Anya Ivy, official Anya Ivy asks, what are some ways that people can strengthen their connection between the mind and sexuality? Hmm. So the first thing that I, the immediate thing I think of without getting like way too deep is mindfulness, a mindfulness activity. Actually, we had a chance to do this when we were in um, in Kenya when we were talking about trauma, but I think that it could be really relatable to um, clearing, clearing your mind or being able to focus on actually um, enjoying sex or being present. I think a lot of times part of our issues around sex in sexuality, um, if being able to, to help to express our sexuality in a healthy way is all of the distractions um, that come along with. So when I think about just be, having sex and being able to have a really strong connection with self, it is to be present. So what do you see? What do you hear? What do you smell? What do you feel? Um, what do you taste? And if you can kind of keep going over the five senses as you're having sex, the likelihood of something else getting into your mind like did I finish this how do I look um you know am I getting too heavy does he like me like all of those things start to fall to the wayside because you're super super focused on what's in front of you or behind you or in you or yeah so um I think that that's just a real practical way to make a nice mind-body connection Mm. My sapiomani a cigarette after this interview. <laughs> I thought this was about blunts and weed. We smoking cigarettes. Nah, 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 like my mind, the mind needs <laughs> the cigarette. The mind, not me, not the lungs. The mind needs the cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, child, this these conversations is is very stimulating. It's very mm-hmm. complex and it's very layered. Is there anything that you guys would want to like leave behind for our listeners? for the world to hear I just I actually want to ask not even ask you a question but um request something of you like you got to spend a good portion of the day with us you've been on your spot all yeah cousins see right And um, I think sometimes people do have like like you talked about a misconception about like kind of like how normal you know our lives can be and things that there's certain things that we just don't get to share because mm-hmm. <laughs> why would we <laughs> right um and so I just I think that your listeners may want to hear kind of like what the day has been like with with working with us okay well they well I came in well, let's afterwards from the top you want to take it from the because I came in afterwards. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I came in afterwards. So, um, yeah, I'm definitely... I can, I can, I can do this. Um, so, prior to us even getting to the interview part, uh, Jasmine and Kinoa was here for a photo shoot with mutual friends of us up at Sapio Mag and Spencer. Hey. And um, we had seen them at Sex Down South, um, heard about you guys from previous um, people that we've interviewed, even did our own research. So I, I can even go from there and kind of say like from the outside looking in, I was just intrigued by 
just the amount of um, barriers or boundaries that were being torn down yeah and crossed and climbed and and so that was the only thing that that was kind of like my judgment on you guys um from the door and then to have you guys come in here for a photo shoot and i was like oh my gosh london like we'll we'll have a chance to interview them i called london and was like yo could you could you be here friday um and so that's how we got here and instantly it just was like oh they're just <laughs> regular regular yeah like it just it felt like my friend and her boyfriend or her whoever was with her and this is their family and they just came over to take pictures and to talk shit with us and um, <laughs> that's it yeah. Yeah. And, and the same thing of like understanding space and like there was a moment where we all were just kind of just figuring it out in this mm-hmm. space here because I definitely opened my home in a way mm-hmm. where I like everyone to be comfortable so that yes, takes time for people to be like okay how comfortable does she want me to be and I'll be like Girl. as comfortable as you, <laughs> like whatever you want to do so I saw moments of that um, but yeah just my personal experience from seeing you guys is just, just normal just very open very welcoming I can definitely see the misconceptions and um, because even when watching when watching you guys at Sex Down South for me I was like oh my gosh like superstars I think me and London we and London was like is she pregnant is she with somebody else and like we just was going 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 and we were I'm not I'm gonna say it all I was like oh my gosh his penis is really nice and like her pussy right I was just like looking at everything and just like paying attention to like the difference in how you have sex with her and how you have sex with other people mm-hmm. and man we were just in the back in the back we of that wall and we were the only like, ones standing we like oh 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 so to see <laughs> just this normal like interaction and very calm and very present and very um just in sync as far as like with um majesty mm-hmm. uh and just how you guys work together and if you are caring for him like I noticed that Kenor is over there mm-hmm. you know by your side at least showing some sort of support so that feels so good to see mm-hmm. so um I've enjoyed my time with you guys I've enjoyed yeah. my time too because like come from coming in again what she said we see you on stage you know yeah. you guys was putting on a show so I see you guys as you know these people that are porn stars and they're they're dom stars and they're just putting on great shows so I mean me being a dancer I can understand how you could you know just see somebody as just one thing and not think about their life on the outside of it so coming into this even when you you were DMing us earlier like saying you know is it okay that I bring my son and of course you know we understand Mm -hmm. we're we're normal people so, you know, of course, you know, we understand that you have your family to take care of and you bring your child in and, you know, a 
allowing me to interact with him and play with him and seeing how open you guys are. You guys are just opening spirits. You guys have very bright auras. I like how you guys are. You guys walk with like a certain type of um, presence um, when you guys are not in character because you guys are different when between when you're on stage mm-hmm. compared to when you're home because even when so? yeah because I knew for a fact that she was like had that dominant inside of her when I was did the lap dance and somebody on stage was talking and she was like hey I was like oh <laughs> oh all right all right okay I'll be quiet <laughs> so it was like that and then sorry it, it, it wasn't me it wasn't me I wish it was I'm like what you want me to do <laughs> but it was just like and then coming into here because I didn't know what I was going to expect mm-hmm. and then you guys were just so sweet and then again parents the way that you guys love your kid and um love each other and then loving each other that that pours out into how you love your children and how you love him and how um how you jasmine loves king it it reflects outside because again what she said every time it was time to go to your child King was there mm-hmm. every single time and vice versa yeah. and vice versa you, you know of mm-hmm. course you guys but it was both of you guys together with King it wasn't just one the only time it was one of you guys was when somebody was occupied shooting right yeah so um there's a togetherness that shows mm-hmm. um not only on stage when you guys are being um, performers and sex entertainers, but you have a togetherness behind the scenes as well. I was going to add to that because I had, I have mentioned this and I probably mentioned this probably every time we record, but I had this thing. It's just this, these, this thought or this feeling that I get when we interview or talk to people in this lane mm-hmm. of sexual fluidity. It's there's an extreme. There's this extreme side of things where I have we've come across pe- people in like extreme outfits and extreme just extremeness for me from mm-hmm. my comfort level and. I often judge or question them as like, okay, are you guys being this extreme for financial reasons because, or for reasons because like, oh, let me be this completely different, different person and so show that, it. yeah, mm-hmm. so that people can be like, oh my gosh, this person is so different. Let me invest in them because they're nothing like me. And then it's like, well, who are you mm-hmm. behind all of that? And so I've, I've, and I still struggle, even at Sex Down South, like being around all those different type of energies and personalities and like appearances, I was like, why is it so extreme? And so to see some normality inside of interacting with you guys and to also see you guys in that performing state of mind and and, um, watching you guys' film, it's like, okay, it's kind of helped me kind of put that judgment to bed a little bit and to kind of open my mind like they're regular people they just may like to be fairies or furries or you know may want to be in bear traps like not to think that they're trying to take advantage of people that are just like not exposed to 
of those type of things. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. I just, mm-hmm. it's been some characters I've seen mm-hmm. that. She's very like, new to this world. Yeah, I am, that too. <laughs> I'm okay. very curious, and I just think that I feel like some people have taken this lifestyle to the extreme to profit off of people that don't know. I feel like it's a mm-hmm. more of an alter ego. I mm-hmm. feel like it's more of an alter ego type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I personally feel. Okay. Um, with that, without getting off topic with, because, you know, we trying to big y'all up. No. Yeah. But, I, but, I, I think it's, it's interesting, though, because but, for us, it's the totality. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, I, I'm with Jasmine what did I say, 79% of the time? Yeah, you said You were talking about me. I just had to say that because she was like, it's such a random number. Right. But, Why not no, 80? I mean, like, like, no, we're, we're, we're around so, each other so much. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't see a difference in her when we're on stage as opposed yeah. to when we're not on stage. I mean, obviously, we're not going to be wilding out in front of our <laughs> Talking baby. shit about mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> But we're not going to be on stage, you know, being off topic. Right. You know what I mean? So, yeah. But I think it is important, like you, how you said, like leave something for the fans. So I, I want to come back for that. Like your sexual interests and who you are sexually and what you want to explore sexually is still a part of who you are. <laughs> and you don't have to abandon all those other parts of you mm. to have the best sex life or to explore sexuality and, and just live a free life. You don't have to like no longer talk to your parents or walk your dog and shit. Like yeah. you can still do that and maybe get a bear trap or sounding <laughs> happening mm-hmm. to you. Mm-hmm. And then when that sexual experience is over, you know what I'm saying? After your aftercare and you come back down from your high, you go back to your life, you know what I'm saying? But that is still a part of your life. And I think that one of the problems, and I think this is kind of going back to what I was saying about like trash and male toxicity, um, this goes to a lot of people who, you know, within our community, men are always told like not to express themselves in certain ways and not to be sexual in certain ways. <laughs> so when they see other people who are more free in the LGBTQ community, who could be open about who they are, or women who are now like, yo, I fuck with sex toys. I do, I, you know what I mean? I go to sex yeah. down south. What you doing? You coming? <laughs> because it was funny on that, on, I was on the elevator coming downstairs to sex down mm-hmm. south one day and I was on the elevator with two dudes and we get all the way downstairs and they were like, nah, nah, this is the wrong place, bro. This is this, where that sex shit going on. That's what I thought. Like, you wow different than me. I'll be like, this is where the sex shit going on? We getting off head. Fuck the other shit. Period. You know what I'm saying? But like, there is that now. There's a growing resentment. A lot of times when you mm-hmm. hear men complaining, it's like women have come too far mm-hmm. in too short of a time. Like, fuck you talking about, bro? Like, equality is equality. Mm-hmm. But so like, there is this uh, resentment. So it's kind of like people are need to open up and realize like you can be who you want to be sexually. Yeah. It doesn't take away from who you are in your everyday life. Right. It doesn't take away from your job. As long as you leave children, animals, and people who say no or don't have the ability to say no out of it, like, yo, be a fucking adult and have a good time and yeah. still pay your bills. Yeah, <laughs> please pay your bills. Yes. I just want to say 
that I really do love y'all as a couple. Aww, y'all are a very you. beautiful um, pair. Uh, uh, I want to say like a dynamic duo. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys know, because even just going back to, you know, how, how you guys communicate with your kids on your lifestyle and mm-hmm. even communicating with your kids on sex and educating college students, um, saying like, this is not porn is, you know, like this is not the way you should have sex. Let's try to do it this way. You know, just teaching people and just being this force together that enlightens people and says, this is a safe place. Open up sexually. Be you. And open up to me. You want to talk to me? Talk to me. Have Mm -hmm. a conversation with me. Let's have a conversation with each other. So you guys um, are just, you know, beautiful, like I said, beautiful souls, beautiful spirits. And I appreciate people like you. I really do. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you for Thank being you. you and allowing yeah. us to have this conversation. Yeah. Yes. Open up your home to us. Yes. Appreciate it. This was cool hanging out. With I, you I had a good time yeah. hanging out all day. For a certain amount of time, we'd be like, oh, I'm ready to go. But like, <laughs> it seemed like it's a vibe. It's a whole vibe. <laughs> <laughs> here. We got the red light special going on. <laughs> It's a whole vibe. Um, let everyone know how they can find you and um, what's, what should we be expecting from you too. Okay, so you can find me at Jet Setting Jasmine on Instagram and Facebook and Jet Set Jasmine on Twitter and OnlyFans. You could just put up the King Noir symbol in the air and my <laughs> dick will arrive via Amazon. Soon come. Yup. So what you can expect from, from us and me in the near future, I, I do have a mold that will be coming out hopefully sooner than later. Now so we I'm can making all my, fucking I'll be buying that mold. This, this, <laughs> Period. Uh, I'm making this announcement on y'all show. Yes. 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 Give us the exclusive. Also, if you can get that mold, then you can fuck me and and me. Like two meeks. Yeah. Or you could get two. Yeah. And then you could have an airtight king situation. So I'm going to get two molds, one you, and watch a scene at the same time. Yo, that's crazy. I'm I'm here for that. I'm going to get the hologram. Fuck all holes. Yeah. All holes. All holes. Mouth holes. 2020, all holes. But can I use the miniature ones for my ass, please? (laughs) Yeah, we're going to have a little keychain one, one too. Okay. I can help help you. It'll have a tight. It'll have the same vein arrangement. (laughs) So that's one thing. And then also in uh, 2020, we will be starting another tour, the Poly Sutra tour. Mm -hmm. And we're going to be in a whole lot of cities that we have not been in before. So we're going to be popping their cherries. And what else? Oh, another, a newer version of the Royal Fetish Vlogger. Something that's a little more thuddy, some suede on, uh, Nunchucks for your ass, literally. Mm-hmm. So you can you can look forward to those and a whole lot more scenes. Mm-hmm. You can go to royalfetishxxx.com 
jetsettingjasmine.com when you're looking to find out where all those uh, events are going to be. Yeah. You can find me at K-I-N-G-N-O-I-R-E on all forms of social media, probably shadow band, but you'll find me. You'll find you. <laughs> well, thank you guys for an amazing episode. This was really good. I had a good time. Thank you. And y'all, you know, you guys could um, hit us up on um Instagram, on all social platforms, um, Blunt the Podcast. Uh, you could listen to our podcast on Google Play, uh, SoundCloud, and Apple Podcasts. Um, I hope you guys liked our munchies mail. If you have any more munchies mail for us, um, hit us up, slide in our DMs, or you know, send us that email, bluntthepodcast at gmail.com. And that's it. Peace and love, y'all. Okay. Good night. You can find me in your baby mama mentions. Why? I ain't stopped yet. I didn't stop yet. It's Why? Why? Because <laughs> we family. <laughs>